Happy Wednesday, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Libra Lounge with Keisha podcast. Uh, apparently, this is episode number 92. We are so close to 100 episodes. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do anything special for the 100th episode, but uh, yeah, that's pretty great. So uh, this morning on my way to the studio, and, and this happened to me during the course of the last two weeks, are we supposed to be abiding by school zones? Because the lights are on, but I thought the fucking kids were learning at home. So why haven't they adjusted the school zone lights? Because here's the issue. If I speed through it and get stopped by a cop, do I have a defense? Because, oh, I, I literally, I, I thought all the kids were doing distance learning, but apparently they're not because... Then I, I, you know, when I was trying to figure out, okay, do I do 30 or do I do 70? So I just figured I'd be safe if I did 45. Uh, but all the people around me were equally as confused. We kind of would speed up a little bit, then slow down. Then we're looking at each other, figure out what the hell are we supposed to do? But I guess some of the kids are doing virtual and some of the, some of them are doing face-to-face. I don't know. For the people who don't have kids in primary schools, like, none of this makes sense. It just doesn't make sense. This is not how it's supposed to be. I don't care how it's supposed to be. Just let us know if we can or cannot speed during the school zones. That's all I, that's all I know. According to Facebook, a lot of kids went back to face-to-face school today. So that's pretty much how I get my, my, my information. But... I feel as though if someone does get stopped right now for speeding through a school zone, that they should have thrown the case out. That's just me. It's 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 confusing. Um, as for, and then I saw buses. Where are the buses? Who are the buses picking up? I don't. I don't know. Look, this is what I was expecting. Y'all said y'all have been whining about this shit, and I get it. This is horrible. This is not how it's supposed to be. But. You guys have made it seem as though nobody's going into a schoolhouse. Yes, I said schoolhouse. That's how old I am. No one's going into a schoolhouse. Why are there bus drivers? Why why, why are there signs saying hiring for bus drivers? What? Okay, wait. So to me, the easiest way to get fucking coronavirus is to ride a school bus. You can't social distance on a school... Look, kids blow snot rockets on the school bus. They throw their sandwiches. They beat each other up. I'm just confused about all of it. And I realize that it differs from state to state. But I'm in Texas. You know, we don't really read stuff. We just kind of go by what we hear and we do it. That's just the Texas way. I don't know. I think the last time we tried uh, social distancing on buses... Uh, a whole big Ooh, thing happened. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not go back. We've gone back quite enough this year. We do not need to go back to the bus separations. That is a very, very good point. It's just, it's just. I guess if we had, ki- well, I mean, James has a kid that's still in like a primary, like regular school. Is he going to school? Like what? Well, they were supposed to. And then something happened, and the school decided, like, all of a sudden, nope, not this week, next week. But they didn't tell any of the downstream services, like transportation, 
all that were like calling around going, hey, where's your kid? Uh, hey, where's your school? Uh, all right. It was a mess. So in other words, everyone doesn't know what they're doing, which is perfectly fine. I just need for y'all to back me up if I get pulled over for speeding in a school zone. That's all I'm saying. And be nice to your fucking teachers, parents. <laughs> like, this is a big deal. This is not what they went to school for. They are learning as you are learning. Y'all just don't want to be at home with your kids. Let's just say, tell it how it is. You're frustrating, you're angry, you're taking it out on teachers. How is it that we're in what, week two, three? Who knows? I don't even know how long the kids have been in school. I don't know. Especially here where we are because we had a fucking hurricane that was heading our way. So they canceled everything. We didn't even get a drop of rain. So it's just, it's mad confusion. And all I care about is not getting my ticket. It must be through a school zone. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm, the officer's just going to hear a bunch of lies. And then I'm going to scream Black Lives Matter. And then, <laughs> then I'm going to beg. I'm going to flag someone down to record the whole incident because I don't want to reach for my phone. <laughs> Try to. Um, it's, I got to ask. To record myself. So we're just going to flag someone down. So I just need you to record. Just need you to record. And then I'm going to give you the number to send it to. That's it. It kind of sounds like what the cops, like uh, yelling Black Lives Matter, is kind of like the Obama president now. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's just, you know, I was telling someone, um, what were we talking about? I think we were getting ready for the Blackout Tuesday, which, um, you know, everyone, only shop. Oh, mate, wait. Blackout Tuesday was when we all did the black. Oh, the black picture. Picture, the and there was like radio silence. And then I, then I think the next week it was only shop at Black-owned businesses on this certain day, which is great. I, I have been telling people since then, I said, I know a lot of bad shit's going on, but go ahead and take advantage of your blackness while all this shit's... Look, I've had my breakfast paid for me. I've had my coffee paid for me. I've been told I'm beautiful more times than ever. It is kind of a time to be black, but not a black man gets up by the police. It's not a good time for her. <laughs> We're still having issues with that, okay? But uh, take advantage of it. You better put black owned on everything. Look, if you own a business, not a hobby. No, 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 no. If you own a business, a brick and mortar. Uh, did I ever tell you the story about the brick and mortar? No. So uh, when we were opening up the boutique, uh, you know, you have to apply to be a wholesaler at different, uh, for different vendors. And on uh, one of the vendors, they ask you questions um, about your business first. And one of the questions was, uh, is your business in online, um, a home business, uh, like booth rental, and then it was brick and mortar. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I thought it was a joke, brick and mortar, because I started thinking about the Lord of the Rings for some odd reason. I just thought it was a cute joke. I didn't know that it's really what you call when you have a storefront. Put storefront, okay? Why did why would you confuse others by putting brick and mortar? I had never heard of that before. So with Lord of the Rings, did you think it was like something in Mordor? It sounded, it just reminded me of it. And I thought it was a, I thought it was someone being clever and making a Lord of the Rings reference. 
until I saw it on another one. I'm like, okay, wait, this is a thing. Let me Google this. And I did. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a it's it's an old term. Yeah, okay. Freshen it up. It's a storefront. <laughs> I wonder if I'm the only person confused by that. Probably. Probably so. I'm used to that. All right. If you're a friend of the Libra Lounge Tatisha, you know what time it is. It is time for the gab. We know she has a really big mouth, which sounds kind of dirty, and that's probably true, too. Let's gossip the gab with Keisha. All right, so we're all still greatly mourning the death of our Black Panther, our African king, Chadwick Boseman. But as they say in Hollywood, the show must go on. And they were already, Chadwick was actually planning to be in Black Panther 2. He, he never lost hope. They have been, you know, more stories have been released. He never lost hope that he was going to fully recover even a week before he actually died. So he had plans to be in Black Panther 2, but unfortunately he won't be able to be, won't be able to. So someone was saying, you know, they're talking about who would be able to play the role of T'Challa. Um, and it's almost like it's too soon. I was like, yeah, it really is too soon, but I mean, they have to go ahead. You know what I mean? A lot of money has been wrapped up into this, um, this franchise. It has, I think it would be an injustice for it to end. And I honestly, being that Chadwick was like my distant cousin, um, he would not want for Black Panther to end. Okay. Now, I know producer James was saying that they talked about having uh, Killmonger come back. Uh, was that in the comic book? Yeah, there was some, like, there's always resurrection in comic right. books. Right. It's very confusing to people who are not comic book people because they're like, oh, well, in this world, this person is still alive. Well, on Earth, they're dead. So, how did they, yeah, y'all know how it is. Uh, especially if you follow any of the Marvel movies. That shit is confusing. You have to take a person who knows about comic books with you to explain quite a many things. Okay, but anyway, back to what I was talking about. So they're trying to figure out what to do with Black Panther 2. I'm going to go ahead and help them a little bit, okay? Um, I'm going to help them out. I made a list of actors who most definitely should not submit an audition tape. Don't call your producer friends to see if they can get you in. Don't do a read for it. Um, don't, 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 don't even apply. Okay. If, if they don't call you, there's not a reason for you to call them. And I'm going to tell you all the reasons why this particular group of actors should not play the role of T'Challa. Okay, here we go. Ready? First person, Tyrese. Now, to be fair, Tyrese has the body. He dark as night, so he most definitely could say that he's from Wakanda. But T'Challa wasn't no crime bitch ass like how Tyrese is. Have y'all ever seen Baby Boy? Yeah. Watch Baby Boy and see how many times Jody gets his ass handed to him and that will further give evidence to my case on why Tyrese 
Don't even try because I'm sure he already has talked to his trainer and said, I got to beef it up so I can fit in the black pants. You're not going to fit. You're not going to fit. None of the electronics that, uh, what's Chitala's sister's name? Shuri. Shuri. You, with all that crying you're going to do, everything is going to malfunction from the water. Okay, so Therese, you're out. Anthony Anderson, you have lost weight, but you've gained no muscle mass and no muscle definition. Keep on working on getting your diabetes under control and doing them diabetes commercials and those. What is it? Does it, does it do T-Mobile commercials now too? Where they've got his mama. Oh, I can't believe my being that I, I can't remember what phone company it was, but y'all just keep doing that, okay? Here's another actor who should not audition for the role of T'Challa, Morgan Freeman. Morgan, just what they need you to probably go ahead and do, you're going to do the voice work for the opening scene, okay? You're going to do the narrative. But no matter how many pictures you have right now that on your payroll telling you you could play the role of T'Challa, all those pictures are mine, okay? So go ahead. You're going to do like how James Earl Jones kind of set the scene for the Lion King at the very beginning. That's what we need for you to do for Black Panther 2. And last but certainly not least, this actor should not audition for the role of T'Challa. Robert Patterson. Robert Patterson, I love thee so much, but it is quite unfair for you to be able to play the role of Cedric Diggory, Diggory, Edward Cullen, and now Batman. You cannot be T'Challa as well. Maybe if you had not taken the role of Batman, we could probably let you go ahead and play the role of T'Challa. I, I mean, the resemblance is just, it's spot on between you and Chadwick. Um, but yes, those, those are the actors who I don't think should go anywhere near Black Panther 2, other than maybe, hey, can I be executive producer? Can I maybe, you know, I don't know, pick a song for the soundtrack? Or just be at the opening, the premiere of the film. Just do that. Can you imagine how many people would be pissed off if T'Challa was recast as a white guy? Ooh. Ooh. No. <laughs> you know what? We've been through too much in 2020. Please do not let that happen at all. I don't think my nerves, I think black people would probably just go ahead and say, fuck it, we're going to go back to Africa. We've never been there before, but we're going to go ahead and go back because white people play too much. That's how I think people, it would be one of those things you're so pissed off, you can't get mad. Have you ever been so pissed off? I'm so pissed off, I can't even get mad. Like it just, a sense of calm comes over you because your body's in shock. So it's just like, we just gonna go home and pack our shit. And we don't need to let them know why. We don't need to give them a forwarding address. We just need to get the fuck up out of here. And that's it. That's how I think black people would be. All right, so speaking of movies, one of my all-time favorite movies ever, 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 uh, True Beverly Hills is getting a remake. Of course it is. Because Hollywood producers and writers continue to be lazy and stop creating new things for us to see. So they just say, hey, 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 let's reboot this. So they're going to do True Beverly Hills. Let me tell you, True Beverly Hills has a huge cult following. You cannot mess this up at all because you will have all the women and all the gays 
all over you about this, all right? This is a classic movie, all right? Um, I don't understand why they decided to do it. No kind of uh, information has been given. We don't know who's going to be starring in the movie. We don't know if it's going to be a reboot or if it's going to be what happened to True Beverly Hills after Phyllis Neffler was no longer the troop leader. We have no idea. No, nothing has been revealed. Are we going to do it with an all-black cast? Are we going to do it with an all-Hispanic cast? Are we going to bring the Asians in? What? I don't know why they're redoing this. Um, I, it, it baffles me. It, 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 it baffles me. And it baffles me why they didn't call me to see if I wanted to be part of it, too. Of course I want to be part of it. I think I would be a great Troop Beverly Hills troop leader. I'm afraid they're going to do the uh, the total swap out. The You know what they've been doing? You know, when you have a new movie that's a reboot, and all of a sudden it's like the ultra-woke version of that? Like, uh, <sighs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure Shelly Long will make like an appearance. She'll probably be in a restaurant where the troop is walking through, and she just does a wave, and she's eating those scout cookies. <laughs> So we'll see. I, I, I'm nervous about this one. Um, I'm still waiting on Candyman, which we're supposed to re-release this year, but we're having to wait till next year. I've, all, I've also found out that this Candyman is not going to be a reboot, which I think is great um, because I don't know how they would have redone it. I just keep going back. I'm still so traumatized from the reboot of Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street which was so fucking horrible. Like, I looked like Freddy Krueger myself when it's over because it kept doing like this to my face. Because <laughs> it was so bad. I mean, it was just bad. And it just lets you know that some things you cannot recreate. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why they did that. Number one, Nightmare on Elm Street has, Elm Street has about 25 other movies to go along with it, okay? So there's been enough for every generation to jump on the bandwagon, all right? Nightmare on M Street was the horror movie of horror movies. It scared people, like it legit scared people. It still scares me now. And that's saying a lot. If you can watch a movie that was in the 80s and it scared, still scares the shit out of you, even with like, without any CGI, uh, a, a large budget and it still scares you, you don't need to fuck with that. So I think what they should have done, write this down there, in case any Hollywood producer decides to take this story, I have proof right now, today is September the 9th, 9th 2020. I think what they should do is do the whole backstory for Freddy Krueger. Now that would have been a good film. Discover his childhood. I heard that he was, you know, abused as a child. Let, let us see his mama whoop his ass, okay? Let us see how he was bullied in high school. Show us what made him become a child killer. That's some good shit right there. And then you end with all the parents setting his ass on fire. That's a good-ass movie right there. To me personally, that is a good... Write it down. It's written. Copyright it. Got it. Trademark it. Done. Get it notarized. 
I'm a witness. All right. So moving along. Ooh, doof. 2020 and Tamar Braxton are just not getting along at all. We thought last year was bad for her. This year, pretty bad too. We've kind of been watching the transition from get to lie, boom, clap, Tamar, to this Tamar who tried to kill herself a few months back, okay? Um, she has not publicly released anything other than the traditional Tamar seeking the help that she needs right now. We ask for your privacy, da 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 da, da. Uh, Just to give you a quick, a quick uh, backstory, her boyfriend, uh, they were at some hotel, Apparently she took a bunch of pills and he called 911 saying that he believed his girlfriend just tried to commit suicide. All right. From there, uh, from my understanding, she went into some kind of facility. I'm willing to bet she's still not there. Um, she wanted out of anything having to do with WeTV. She wanted out of her contract. Um, she has a new reality show that is scheduled to start pretty soon. I think it's going to premiere pretty soon. Um, but of course this is all the stuff that she shot beforehand, but I don't think there will be a season two. Well, today her boyfriend, whose name is David Adifeso, is African. So maybe David, maybe that's better. Okay. Cause I don't think I pronounced it correctly. He has filed a restraining order against Tamar for domestic violence. Let me explain something. When an African man, and if you see his pictures, he is truly African. He, is, I mean, he is from Africa. He's not third generation African American. He is from Africa. When an African man gets a restraining order against a woman, that woman is batshit crazy. Because an African man will make you cook all of his meals as he is beating your ass. He will have his mama and them come over and cuss you out in African. They will cut all your hair off. Do they still do that damn? Yep. Were they? Female circumcision. They do that too. So for him to get a restraining order against Tamar, that's some scary shit. That's some Nightmare on Elm Street scary shit right there. Okay, I don't know what is, if you, you know, I used to watch the Braxton's Family Values show and until it just got to be too, too much. And you, you could tell people that are like Tamar, they are trying to overcompensate for something because you just do not act a loud fool all the time. Except for me, I'm allowed to do that. Uh, she's hiding something. So it, it turns out that she was sexually abused as a child. Um, and I'm sure there's some other things. I don't know. But here's the thing I do know. is that she has more than enough money. And even Tony Braxton, her sister, even with all her bankruptcies, could probably lend her a little bit of money for her to go to one of the best treatment centers in America. Yet, she has an answer. She figured it was best to take her frustrations out of her boyfriend and call that therapy. I don't know. But whatever it is, they need to get this girl all the way 
together. But at the same time, who will Tamar even listen to anyone? Oprah, call her. Iyama, one of y'all, call, call this girl before she really completely fucks up her career or she tries to take her life again and maybe successfully does it. I hate saying that, but. What was her career? What did she do? She's a singer. Okay. Very good singer. You okay. know, Tony Braxton is the one. They all started out as a group. Uh, they're one of those families, and I'm sure it's not going to be a surprise to y'all. Church family. Okay? They started out singing in the church. Because I believe their dad used to be a pastor. A cheating-ass pastor, but so a, a pastor. pastor. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's a very good singer. Um, some say, and I kind of got to agree, she's a better singer than Tony. But Tony just had the, it was that timing and... I don't know. You know how it is. You can have a, a family of completely talented people and only one of them. Will, I mean, someone's got to be the Michael. Someone's got to be Tito. I'm Michael. Producer James is Tito. That's how our family goes. Okay. But you're more like Joe Jackson, like beating people. I can. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's just uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. Moving right along, um, my girl from one of my favorite TV shows, Real Housewives of New Jersey, Teresa Judice and her husband, Joe Judice, have officially, officially divorced one another after 20, about 20 years of marriage together. And of course, we have watched their story on um, the Jersey Housewives, you know, we, what we thought was a great marriage. We saw them go through their court drama. We saw them both go to prison, um, him fighting deportation, all of that. So it is finally over. They are divorced, but there's a silver lining. She's selling her house, and that is the house that I want to live in, producer James. She's selling it for $2.5 million. It is 10,000 square feet, six bedrooms. There's a whole guest part of the house downstairs, a guest quarters swimming pool um i even want to say they've got a little performance area it's just it's it's a beautiful home and i think that i deserve to live there james well we'll get started on that uh tax fraud and everything else that it, they got it with okay long as when we get caught you take the fall for both of us can you can we agree to that yeah but i'm not going to get deported to a wonderful beautiful country no you won't get deported but you still can quite go to prison here well, yeah. as joe did yeah. for three years yeah but then he ends up in italy what a fucking what a terrible uh yeah sentence. i still think that was just so fucked up for them to deport him i really feel like they made an example out of him i mean he's been in this country since he was a year old yeah i don't disagree it seemed excessive it really did all right so when we get back from this break uh, producer James and I are going to be trying out something new. They're, we both are big time movie fans, but we each have a set of films that the other hasn't seen. So we are going to start trying to, each week, we're both, okay, you know what? I said we're going to talk about it after the break. So I guess we should go to the break and then come back and talk about it. Talk about it. Be right back. Hey, Libra Lounge listeners. I'm excited to tell you about an up and coming podcast that I can't wait to listen to Demystifying Diversity. What if you have the opportunity to hear compelling first-hand accounts about the often life-or-death states of unchecked biases and bigotry? Would you listen? 
Biracial journalist Darylise Lyons has interviewed more than 100 people, including academics, politicians, thought leaders, advocates, activists, and even an incarcerated inmate for more in-depth exploration of a wide range of topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Every other week for 10 weeks, she'll invite you to join her to learn more about a topic related to diversity. This podcast encourages listeners' participation. So, on alternating weeks, Darylise and her co-collaborator, Anna Marie Jones, will host a Q&A episode in which they answer listeners' questions, share about the interview and podcast compilation process, and dive more deeply into each episode. They're excited to partner with you to demystify diversity. The first episode of Demystifying Diversity drops in September. So wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure to subscribe to Demystifying Diversity. Welcome back to the Libra Lounge with Keisha. Just want to remind you guys to make sure you're following us on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram, YouTube. Does YouTube count as social media? Yep. Okay. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn app, Laughable app, and iHeartRadio. Apparently, last week, the Leave It On for Keisha podcast um, made some good strives. Um, Producer James can kind of explain that a little bit more because she watches that stuff. I don't. Yeah. Last week, uh, after the interview with Kale Lowry from Teen Mom 2, we broke into uh, top 200 of comedy interviews podcasts in the U.S. and Great Britain. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, bef- uh before we took the break i was telling you guys that producer james and i both love movies but we each have a set of movies that we love that the other has not seen now most people are surprised because i'm such a movie fan as some of the movies i have actually not seen and then you have the movies that i have seen that no one else has seen but i've seen them like 500 times so uh, what we're going to do is each week, I'm going to pick a movie that producer James has to watch that he is one of my, I have a list of movies that I think everyone should see. Okay. So he has to watch movies from my list and then I have to watch movies from his list. So I believe this week we're starting off with, I have to watch Pulp Fish Fiction. Yes, I know. I know. I know. I know. I haven't seen it. Okay. But I have the movie soundtrack. Uh, I have to watch that movie. Um, Producer James, you want to give us just a quick layout of what Pulp Fiction is kind of about without giving it away? Well, if I have to tell you about Pulp Fiction, you've just been under a rock for the last 25 years. Um, well, I guess my ass has been living under a rock. So it was uh, one of Quentin Tarantino's just masterpiece films. A uh, bunch of different stories, a uh, cast of very interesting characters, all come together in some really weird ways. It's got. It was the movie that re-kickstarted John Travolta's career mm-hmm, by mm-hmm, far, mm-hmm. and Tarantino's known for getting Pulp some Fiction. people well, right. for Pulp Fiction and for getting careers back on track. Yeah, it was uh, Bruce Willis, John Travolta, Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. Ving Rhames. It is a great movie. All right, so that is the film that I will be watching this week. So next week uh, on the show, I guess I should give you my interpretation or my review of Pulp Fiction. So this week, uh, producer James has to watch a movie. And you guys, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it too. It's such a beautiful, beautiful movie. It is called Life as a House. It stars Kevin Klein and Hayden Christensen. 
And I cannot remember that woman's name. I think Mary Steenburger version. Mary Steenburgen. She's in it as well. Um, basically, it is about a father who is trying to mend a relationship with his estranged teenage son who is going through a horrible teenage uh, phase. Let's just say uh, part of the opening scene shows his teenage son trying to commit suicide highly unsuccessfully. It almost looked like he didn't even try. So Life is a House is the movie that producer James is going to watch this week. Let me tell you. Get ready to cry because you will cry, but you will laugh. It is so, so, it is, it is just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie. So yes, please watch it. But here are some of the other ones that are on my list. These are not specifically for producer James, but these are some of the movies that I feel everyone should watch. Okay. Life as a house, imitation of life, lost in translation. Okay. So, Lost in Translation stars, uh, who is it, Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. And it goes to prove that, and I tell people all the time, everyone has more than one soulmate. I think you have soulmates on different levels. Some people are musical soulmates. They get together and they create beautiful music. Uh, your best friend is a soulmate. Your spouse is a soulmate. But I, there's just different versions of it. And this kind of taps in on that. I just... I, and that, that the closing scene, oh my God, I just love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, also, like Water for Chocolate. Get ready again to cry, 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 cry. It is so good. It, uh, it is in Spanish, so you will have to um, read the subtitles, but I guarantee you it is so worth it. And it's so beautifully written. It is based on a novel. But it just explains so many things about people and love and the things we will do for love, the sacrifices we'll make for love, the lies that we tell ourselves for love. It's just so good. And there's food in it, too. Um, the movie Skin, I think that is one that everyone should watch, especially right now with so many racial things going on in the world. Um, it is right about, what is it, apart, apartheid, apartheid? Apartheid. Apartheid. Okay. It is a very good movie. Um, it, you know, it's a good movie. It has a lot of, it is based on, on, on racial things, but it is also a little bit of genetics are in it as well. And I say that because you get to hear about the throwback gene. Okay. So a throwback gene is, let's say me and some black guy have a baby and that baby comes out with light eye color, like neither one of us has, but there was someone, uh, a relative far back who did. So that kid went way back and got that gene and therefore has lighter color eyes, okay? This case, it this is, this is crazy. Um, it is a throwback gene with uh, a black secret. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. And last but not least, Whale Rider. Um, right now, if you are, you know, it's, it is the real life version of Moana, <laughs> you know, and I say that because my baby niece is obsessed with Moana and we have the last month we have all watched that fucking movie about a hundred times each. And, and yeah, like I hear the songs in my dreams in the shower, just when I'm doing a line of Coke, I hear those songs. I'm just kidding. Uh, but Well Writer is very good. A lot of female empowerment, uh, family issues, social issues. 
Um, and it stars Keisha, Keisha Castle Hughes. And it has to be great because <laughs> Keisha's in it. All right. So, producer James, what's on your list uh, for me? Well, uh, Jaws. I've seen that. You've seen Jaws? Okay. Yeah. Um, Goodfellas? No. Okay. Goodfellas is the quintessential mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese gangster film. Okay. It's Robert De Niro. It's Joe Pesci. It's Ray Liotta. I know who's all in it. I just oh, haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Um, there's like four in this same vein. Uh, the Godfather? No. Oh, my God. Um, again, classic. Boy, he, go on and do the list. Sorry. I just, didn't ask you to give examples. I said just say the list. You see how you give people a little bit of mic time and they try to take over your whole damn show. I said give us the list. I didn't say give us any reviews or nothing like that. Don't give us a narrative. Just give us the name. Okay. Quigley Down Under. Is that the one with Tom Selleck? Yep. I've seen it. You have? Mm-hmm. Damn. But that reminds me of a movie that I didn't have. Rabbit Proof Fence. Add that Ooh, to my list. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. Um, let's see. I wasn't prepared. Clearly. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Here is, here's a movie that's not going to be on anyone's must-see list. And unfortunately, producer James and I saw it well, last week. Yeah. Okay. So they just opened back up movie theaters here in our area. And just like with the school situations, the shit's fucking confusing. Because one minute they're open, then they put an announcement that they're closed. Then we're going to do a soft opening. Then we're going to open a little, little bit. Then we're going to open it. We're going to do it this way. Then we're going to open it. But you got to watch the movie from your car. It's confusing. Okay. <laughs> So, Soft opening, hard close. Yes, it's just like we cannot keep up. And um, I love going to the movies. The movies is my happy place. We were actually going to dinner as we were driving. I was like, oh, wait a minute. District Theater's back open. And he and we were like, oh, we got to go to the movies. There was not a large selection of movies to see. Um, I think it was Bill and Ted, which I don't want to see Bill and Ted. I didn't watch the original ones, but it's doing pretty good as far as the critics are saying. Um, I don't think anybody is seeing it, but it's not John Wick, damn it. That's what we're used to. When we think about Keanu Reeves, that's what we want to see. Um, there was that. There was Tenet, which we should have saw, which we will see next. Um, some, who is that actor from Australia? Russell Crowe. He has a movie out. Can he unhinged, I want to say? And then there was something with David Copperfield. Yeah, something, The Life of Copperfield. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And then there was a movie that we saw, The New Mutants, which is a Marvel movie. So I was like, you know what? Let's go see that. Um, once the movie was over, I talked to my dad. I was like, hey, yeah, well, let's go see the, the, new, the new Marvel movie, The New Mutants. And my dad goes, were any of them black? I said, no. He goes, then that ain't New Mutants. Alrighty then. <laughs> this, okay. This, whether you are a fan and you follow all of the Marvel movies, comic books, and all of that, or whether you've never ever seen a Marvel movie, nor have you even heard of Marvel, we collectively would say that this movie was just fucked up. It was, it, it was bad. It was it again, and you guys know sometimes I have to compare it. It was like a high school movie making class for seniors had to get together and write a mutant film. This will be the creation. It was Marvel's Suicide Squad. Suicide 
Phone call was good. Well, but remember we talked about the editing, like the. No, 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 no. We can't even blame it on the editing. Okay, okay. this was the storyline was so lukewarm. It really was. It's like, bitch, even either give me piping hot tea or give me iced tea. I don't want lukewarm tea. This is what it was. And, and a, a lot of the times when you see a Marvel film, whether you are, I will say this, here as of late, they have been putting out Marvel films that if you have not followed Marvel and you go and see it, you're, you'll be lost, okay? This whole movie was just lost. Uh, it was just, the concept was great to introduce, you know, a new group of mutants. But then one girl turned into a wolf. Is that really mutant? Mutant? It, I thought that was a werewolf. Well, yeah. But yeah, I mean. uh, yeah. Okay, so the girl who played uh, Arya Stansworthy. Stark, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Arya Stark in Game of Thrones. What did I say? Starkberry Farms. I don't know what the fuck you just said. It just rolled out. Sorry. Maisie, what Maisie is her, Williams, Williams? Before we fuck that up, I mean, she turned into a wolf. That is not a mutant trait. That is pure werewolf. But there is a mutant that does turn into a wolf-like creature, and that's all she does. Pretty much. I mean, heightened senses. You know, a dog. Yeah, a dog. But this is the problem with this movie. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell it. No, it. it the reason why all of the mutant movies tend to be not on par is because they're not made by marvel studios marvel studios doesn't own the rights is it to... disney now well it's disney yeah but marvel studios is still the the production company okay they don't own the rights to mutants mm. which is which is why all of these are made by either sony or they're done by some other production company without a that's bad. story without a universe without any of that that's bad yeah it's just bad it it would be it would be the equivalent of jim henson studios not being ran by henson okay (laughs) and just kind of you know yeah jim he created all of this we did it jim did great here guys this is what we're gonna do we're gonna start a whole nope that's where you're wrong that is where you reboot Nightmare on Elm Street. It does not always work. There, it, there, there's a certain thing to the formula, the foundation that was, and you have to still kind of carry that torch. You have to be a fan of it. And I think that's where they keep screwing up. Like um, the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. If, uh, if They got the story right. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. Remember like Rob Zombie when he did Halloween and he yes. did some of those? Yeah. Like they were really, really good. Yeah. Because he's a fan mm-hmm. and he understands what made the first one good. Right. If you're just making a movie just to make it, like, hey, let's go make a reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street or let's go make New Mutant, uh, New Mutants, you, you're you not a fan. You're not, a, you, you're not invested in the creative quality of right. the product. That is like them trying to remake Roots. Like, if you're not a fan of black people or slavery, you shouldn't be writing Roots. Did you just say fan of yeah. slavery? <laughs> I'm just, okay. What if Rob Zombie did Roots? <sighs> and, like, Kuta Kinte got possessed by a demon. 
took revenge. Well, hopefully that would have ended fucking slavery a lot sooner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that could have been a good thing, you know? Look, look what zombies did for Abraham Lincoln. It helped him win the Civil War. Rob Zombie does Django too. Really? No, I'm, how cool would that be? Not cool at all, because why would Quentin Tarantino... See how you be... James is forever the nerd kid that says one kind of funny thing in a classroom and all the cool kids laugh. So he keeps saying stuff and then the cool kids like, motherfucker, you still a nerd. Go about that. I tried. Okay, no, we want... If there is a Django too, we still want it to be from Quentin Tarantino. Thank you, Quentin. He said it, not me. We ain't even really married. Okay, don't get mad at me. All right, so... um. This one thing I was going to talk about, but you know what? I think I am going to move that. All right. So everyone knows that uh, Candace Williams, what, what is her name? Owens. I don't even like the fact that she has the same last name as us. Well, yeah. We're not related. Um, no, not one bit. Not one bit. Um, she loves white people and I don't. Oh, just kidding. So she and Cardi B had words after Cardi B did a little interview with Joe Biden. And I'm not going to go into the details of it because I've, I've seen bits and pieces of the argument. And whether Candace is right and whether Candace is wrong, Cardi B going to beat the fuck out of Candace if they ever are in the same. You see what she did at the Met Gala that one year to Nicki Minaj. The bitch don't care what kind of dress she's in. She doesn't care what the crowd is. She is from the strip club. She's going to... Candace, she is coming for your ass. And don't think just because you're pregnant, that means she ain't going to beat your ass. She will beat your ass and still avoid the stomach. And uh, Cardi B, right, wrong, or as she, Candace called, she called her an illiterate rapper, which producer James says that too. She's not fucking illiterate. I don't know why people say that. Here's a couple of things. Number one, Cardi B is not black, okay? Cardi B is Spanish. So a lot of that accent that you hear, it's a real accent because of her grandparents. She says she was like, spent a lot of time with my grandparents, my grandmothers. That's part of the reason my accent is so thick. She's from New York, okay? She's not, she's not black, okay? And I... I I don't, I, I don't know why people keep getting that confused. She obviously is an illiterate because she writes dope beats and lyrics. Hello? The girl can read. She's changed a lot since she very first started on what was the Love and Hip Hop. And she's a millionaire. And I know Candace kept saying no one cares if you have a number one song. Yes, we do. Yeah, we want to know how Cardi's doing. We, 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 we like Cardi. Just because, Candace, you don't like being black? Oh, God, please let her mixed race child come out as dark as it can. Make her baby come out and look like how Venus Williams was started came out looking. Like she don't have any white in her at all. Her hair is kind of nappy. She's just a little bit light-skinned. That's how I want Candace's child to look. That way, I feel as though if her child came out light, with the light colored eyes, good hair, that would just make Candace too, too happy. And I don't want her to be happy. I want her to be miserable. That's it. Producer James, I know you probably have something to add on to that. No, not really. I mean, it was watching it played on Twitter was literally like watching a a third grader argue with a professor. <sighs> just I mean, it just not right or wrong. It's just here's a point with some facts and some info. 
and then the other side coming back with just nothing. Here's my thing. I don't understand why celebrities of all of all people in the world, celebrities, when they get upset with other celebrities, they feel the need to do a live video talking about that. Bitch, come to my door. Let's have a conversation. I don't want to talk about you on social media. If I've if I got beef with you, real beef that I'm going to put energy in towards hating you, I want you to know, and I prefer to tell it to you to your friend face with all your family and friends around so that they all can know the true story of why I hate your ass and why I don't fuck with you. I don't understand why they do this. Oh, I'm going to make a video. I think it's so immature. Well, nowadays, celebrities, that that's what they have. They have these social media platforms right? and they can do two things. One, they can say it loudly with a lot of people were here. And on top of that, they're going to have a lot of people in their echo chamber going, yeah, you're right. No matter what fucking thing they say, they've got millions of people who back them up without question so they can feel justified in doing whatever they choose to. And I and I will agree to that because if either one of them were interested in what the other one really had to say. Now, granted, Candace should not have called Cardi illiterate because she's not. Again, I think this will be a perfect example Hey, everybody, it's Keisha. I'm live. I'm about to go have brunch with Candace Williams, and I may beat her ass. So you guys wish me luck. I'm about to go in. Da, 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 da. And then you go and you handle it like grown women instead of just talking to your Because really, when you do that, you're only talking to your audience, which your audience is supposed to agree with everything that you say. So if both of y'all are the grown women that y'all say that they are, I'm Team Cardi, meet up. CNC, meet up, talk about it, or get on the phone and talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, people don't like to do that anymore because it's all about attention seeking. Speaking of attention seeking, um, should we take a break, Producer James, or keep rolling? I keep rolling. All right. So, you guys know how I, I don't know if it's just my uh, attention span, but I can't do a lot of scripted shows anymore like I used to. Um, I do a lot of reality TV, but I'm slowly getting back into scripted shows. And here's one of the shows that's going to do it. Uh, Lovecraft Country, which I had never heard of anything Lovecraft or any, nothing like that. It is a new scripted series on HBO. Thank you, HBO, because we needed something since Game of Thrones is no longer on the air. Lovecraft Country is starring Journey Smollett. I don't know who that other guy is, but he like has a really big nose. Is it Smollett or is it Smollett? Smollett, Smollett, you know, her brother is that lying ass boy. That juicy Smollett? Yeah, who claims he got attacked, yeah. Um, Journey Smollett, I can't remember the guy, um, the other guy who is really the star of the show, but it takes place in the 1950s, which of course um, means you're going to see a lot of things that are racially... it's still, the, it's still the Jim Crow South. Yes, it's right? the Jim yeah. Crow South, which is hard enough, but then you got to add monsters and vampires and shit, which is what Lovecraft Country is about. Now, there's only been four episodes with the latest one um, com- it came on this past Sunday, but apparently there's a book that this is somewhat based off of, which producer James says he's read or he's heard of, but we all know how he likes book. Go ahead and tell us about it, James. No, there's a book, I think Lovecraft Country. And then the inspiration 
for a lot of the uh, the supernatural stuff is from H.P. Lovecraft, who was one of the original kind of architects of high fantasy. It's really good. the The, the first episode moved a little bit slow, but that, to me, that's that could be the same for every first episode because you're trying to get the feel. You're trying to, you know, get see who the characters are get a little bit of their backstory and kind of figure out what the hell this show is going to be about. And the first episode will leave you a little bit confused because you're like, what the fuck was that? Was that a vampire? It was like a vampire, but like the blob all in one. You haven't watched it, have you? Nope. He don't like black people, that's why. He don't want to see us rise up. So he doesn't want to give Lovecraft Country that extra audience, the little ding, so they can say how many people watched it. He don't want to see black people rise. He don't want to see us be creme de la creme. He wants us to just, you know, be in the catering department. So that's why I work for you. Is that right? I'm just saying. That's okay. probably why he don't like black people. Cause he works for me. <laughs> I've ruined it. I've ruined it for everybody. Okay. Um. Uh, so but I, the soundtrack. Ooh, the soundtrack to this show is so dope. Because you've got 1950s music mixed with hip-hop music, mixed with um, Marilyn Manson music. It is just, it's, it's awesome. It, it doesn't slow down, which I, I appreciate that. Um, but it's a, it is a must-see. It comes on HBO Sunday nights at 8 or 9. But, of course, if you have, what is it, HBO Go? HBO Max. A, a HBO Max, you can go back and see it. Or if you have... Um, Xfinity, you can go on demand and watch all three, all four episodes, which is what I did last, when was it, last Sunday, I binge, binge watched the first three episodes, and then I posted on my personal uh, Facebook page that I was watching it, so then I met, like, all these other bitches, I said, oh, she's a chance, we're a girlfriend, no, we're not, um, (laughs) what's so cool about soundtracks like that is, like, sometimes you hear that, like, somebody contributed or somebody did it and you're like that weird motherfucker did that mm-hmm. like when trent reznor does scores mm-hmm. manson is a creative guy like yeah, he, he really, really is, is talented yeah. because they most and, and to prove this point this is how you know marilyn manson is very talented because they know way in hell that hbo or the makers of this film being all black people because it's written and directed by misha green they wouldn't let him be part of the soundtrack for fear that they would get, what is it, backlash from the black community for having them in there. But it just, it it worked. I love it. We James and I, we are from the generation when Marilyn Manson first came out. We were in high school. So it is, it's a, it, it is a nice blend of, like I said, you get 1950s music, you get some live music on there, um, because we all know that Journey Smollett is a very talented singer. And there's also another, her sister on there also sings. And then you get this hard hip hop bass, and then you get Marilyn Manson. And I want to say the two songs that I've heard from him thus far were remakes of other songs. So with his spin on it. So that was really, really cool. I like this show. It is something new. It is something different. It's fresh. Um, There's a lot of history in it. And it's just a nice break away from all the craziness that's going on in in the world. And like I said, there's a lot of supernatural things in there. And... um, I can't wait to see where the story leads. Uh, I know it's something, and it's going to have something to do with heritage, most definitely. Um, but yeah, pretty good. Very, very good acting. I forgot that Courtney B. Vance is also in the, yeah, he's in there too. 
guarantee that's not going to be at the end. Uh, but Courtney B. Vance, Mr. Angela Bassett is also in that movie. All right. So speaking of the supernatural, Joe Exotic is back in the news. <laughs> He's back in the news because he, uh, he sent Trump a 273-page document on his mistreatments in prison and why he why why he is begging Trump to pardon him so that he can get out. And the number one reason he said is because he has been sexually assaulted. Well, that's what happens in men's prisons, Joe. You get sexually have you never seen American History X? That's what happens in, in prison. And here's the thing. They probably all heard about heard about your figures. You might fucking like it. I I don't know, but yes, he is and it was only like a couple of weeks ago that R. Kelly said the same thing that he was being sexually assaulted and they're saying it's by the prison guards and things like that. Well, I'm going to use white people logic whenever they are justifying when black men get pulled over and killed by the police. Well, he shouldn't have committed the crime. Joe, he shouldn't have admitted the crime. It's just as simple as that. That's what happens when you get convicted and sentenced to prison. Joe seems like one of those guys who would suck a dick to get like an extra pack of cigarettes. Yeah. And then he didn't get the cigarettes and then called rape. Yeah. And then, I mean, if he went in there with that mullet like he had on in Tiger King, well, you might as well, you bent yourself over. That fucking blowjob joystick. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and you guys, I love Joe Exotic just because he's so flamboyant and I love that about him. You know what? I, you know what, Trump? Go ahead. Pardon him. Pardon him. I personally would like to see what Joe Exotic will do with his life if he gets out of prison right now. I guarantee you, if he got out of prison, he would be the special guest dancer on Dancing, Dancing with, the, with Stars the Stars with Carol Baskin. Yeah, and he would have a shirt that said, Carol Baskin killed her husband, fed into the tires. Change my mind. Change it! So, yeah, so I, I don't know if... I don't even know... You know what? I think that Trump, if he were to pardon Joe uh, Exotic, he would probably get more votes. Man, we should have looked. Back. So I know you said last episode or so that um, everything went south with after Kobe. We should have seen this shit, this shit coming with how popular Joe Exotic became. Well, remember, we were all in quarantine when we watched Tiger King. So the <laughs> we, shit had already started. But we should have seen it like, okay, this is really the coming of the fucking apocalypse. Yeah. When you are watching something and every single person involved is fucked up as, sh as shit and you're trying to defend the one that you think is less fucked up. Yeah, that pretty much sums up 2020. It goes right along with that flow of 2020. Because they were all assholes. They were all assholes. All of them. They all mistreated <laughs> animals. They all used animals for their financial gain. I don't think any of them cared about the animals. The only person in that movie who I was like, you know what? Maybe they're not such a bad guy. Was the kind of Hispanic, used to be a drug lord, but then he got out of prison and became an animal. I think he cares about the animals. I think him and the guy with no legs. Who the fuck had no legs? The the one guy who was like the caretaker kind of sort of, like the guy with no legs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he him. actually did. He seemed like he cared. Or he needed a job because it's not that easy to get a job when you have no legs. <laughs> I have no legs. I have no legs. What movie is that from? Was it from Kids? It was Kids. Oh, man. So if you're like <laughs> not 40... You don't know what we're talking about at all. And even if you're 40, you may not know. You may not know. Um, all right. So when we get back, 
I am going to award the bitch please of the week. And I'm going to tell you about this video that I saw and I am still in awe of it. So we'll be right back. Sassy Class Boutique is the hot spot for your fashion, beauty, and home decor desires. We celebrate women of all shapes and sizes with our trendy collection of regular and plus size clothing. Looking for the right accessories? We have upcycled Louis Vuitton handbags, vegan purses, and jewelry to add sass to your class. We also offer health and beauty products from salon quality hair care to cruelty free makeup. Our edgy home decor items will make you the envy of all of your neighbors. Sassy Class Boutique also offers custom items like shirts, hats, and other gifts for any occasion. All of our vendors are female-owned small businesses, and together we are Sassy Class Boutique. Located at 3709 Fatter Drive in Dickinson, Texas, 77539, or shop anytime with us at www.sassyclassboutique.com. Bitch, please. You be rolling down the street telling stories. Bitch, you never tell the truth. Bitch, please. Everybody know you lying, bitch, because all you do is lie. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Libra Lounge with Keisha. Uh, Producer James would like for me to remind everyone that you can become a patron of the show. We have different tiers, and with each tier, you get different things. You can get discounts to the boutique. I think you need to change some of those tiers. Like, you can get an autographed picture of me. I think that'll make people spend and, money. And buttons. What need buttons. Buttons and stickers. stickers. Every single show out there with the Patreon has, has buttons. Stickers. Uh, yes, stickers and buttons. So, you know what? We're going to freshen up our tiers for our, our patrons. But if you're interested in being one anyway, you can go to patreon.com and look up the Libra Lounge with Keisha. All right. <clears throat> Before we get into the bitch please of the week, man, I tell you, 2020 is a hoe. I saw some shit last week and it... You all know that I'm never really at a loss for words, but this shit really had me with my mouth wide open just thinking for about a good five minutes after I saw it. You guys probably saw it too. So TMZ released a video last week, and it shows it's in New York. Of course it's in New York. I didn't even think people were walking around New York, but apparently I'm wrong because a group of people were walking around, and they witnessed I full-on, everybody was kung fu fucking fighting fight between a rat and a pigeon. A rat and a pigeon! Look. It looked like two black people fighting over the last piece of chicken. Okay? That's what it looked like. It looked like white people. What do white people fight about? Oh, fight. Oh, when they're so mad when they find a hair in their fucking potatoes from Luby's. Yeah, it's that kind of upset. It was a rat, y'all, and a pigeon. Fucking going balls deep fighting. Now, I gotta say, as much as I hate rats, the pigeon was getting his ass kicked. They were fighting so hard that the people around witnessing it were screaming and just trying to make them stop. It took a man like having to hit something metal for them to stop, and then the rat runs across the street. Now, that's a bad motherfucker. When you done got into a fight, a fight fight, and you still had the strength to run off, if that had been me fighting a pigeon, I would have been like, Pigeon, can you at least fly me home? Because I don't even have no strength left to walk. 
hell a, a taxi, any of that kind of stuff. It was so bad that when the rat ran off, the guy goes, you all right, man? Talking to the pigeon. He got his ass kicked. I'm like, pigeon, why did you not take off and fly? It's because New York pigeons are a different breed of pigeon. They're fat. Like, they're overweight. He couldn't even fly to get away. This rat was, what's the little turtle, the, 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 the rat that trained the turtles? Oh, Master Splinter. He trained this rat to fight. <laughs> that is, it's just, it is just a bizarre thing that a, a pigeon and a rat are fighting. And I don't know what they was fighting about. There were, I didn't see any food. I think this one of them just fucking said, what up? And the other one didn't feel like talking today, so they just started fighting. I don't know, but you got to look that video up. It is, it's pretty fucking crazy. It, it, it really is. And then secondly, would you stop and try to stop a fight between a, a rat and a pigeon? Stop it? Yes. No. That's what these people are trying to do. That's circle of life. You fucking want rabies. That's a goddamn New York rat. Yeah, well, okay? Sure, yeah. That that rat's got rabies in his blood. It's got Italian in his blood. It's got COVID in his blood. It's It's got, look, I don't, no, don't take your chances with that rat. Let that rat do what it needs to do. No, you don't try to stop. You just walk up, lay $5 odds on the rat, and watch. Do you think the rat was hungry? Man, would a rat a hungry? But he wasn't skinny. You never know. I mean, the if the pigeon didn't fly off, maybe the pigeon couldn't fly. And you know, rats eat anything. They're not typically like go chase down something. But you never know. Maybe hungry. Nah, it must have been over a woman or something like that, or <laughs> one of them owed the other one money, something like that. Because it was just, it was real. You can you can feel it. I, thank God I'm a better person, and I didn't start placing bets. Because it was that kind of, it, it, it was, what fight was it? It was that fight, who was it? Who was the boy that can't, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather, okay? <laughs> it was like, uh, when did he do the MMA and he whooped oh, when he fought Conor, McGregor's Conor McGregor? That, it was kind of like that kind of fight. Yep, that kind of fight. If that man hadn't stopped up, I think they would have still been fighting. Okay. They, they, were, they were not trying to stop at all. All right, so it is time for the bitch fleas of the week from the Libra Lounge with Keisha. Um, so last week, you guys, I got to interview Kale Laurie from Team Mom 2. And one of the things we talked about was her, her ex, uh, Chris Lopez, who she has a three-year-old son with, and she has a one-month-old baby with, okay? And Chris, I mean, if you follow Team Mom 2, or even if you don't, you've heard about how this guy's just... He's an ass fuck. He just really, really is. But let me tell you what he did. So he does not financially care for these children. Kale has not seen him since she gave birth to the new baby, which was over a little bit over a month ago. She she does everything for these kids. The oldest son who's three rarely sees uh, Chris. So it's kind of, she's a single parent, like a single, single parent. It's a situation where, you know, she wouldn't even call him if something were wrong with one of the kids. So let me tell you what he did. So their three-year-old son, Lux, has really, really pretty hair, and it's long, and I guess he hasn't wanted to have it cut. I mean, it, his hair is long where it is well past the bra strap. It, it's not approaching his butt. It's, it's long. So I guess Chris decided he wanted to play daddy for a couple of hours, and he went and picked up Lux. And when Lux came back, Chris had cut his hair and did not tell Kel. Had it cut or cut it himself? It looked like he got the dullest of scissors with like 
like there's no silver on it it's just all rust and chop that child's hair it's uneven it looks horrible so i've been following this story and you know on instagram and whenever someone posts about the story you i can read the comments i'm telling people like well he's the dad he shouldn't have to ask and he also said that's my son i shouldn't have to ask no yes you do you do have to ask if I send my child with her dad and she came back with a haircut, I'm just going to whoop his ass all the way up and down the driveway, okay? It is a different situation. It is not a good co-parenting situation. This is a situation where it's a one-parent thing and like a playmate, an occasional playmate who comes over, picks you up for a couple hours. It's like a babysitter, okay? And then if the babysitter comes back and had cut my child's, I just don't get it and I don't get the logic that people are creating saying that it was okay for him to cut the kid's hair. First of all, the kid didn't want his hair cut, which is why Kale has been keeping it long. You didn't even talk to me about it. You didn't tell me we were gonna do it, you just showed up. But what Kale is saying is that Chris is using it because he's a narcissist. He wants things to be his way, so he wanted to show control, so he cut his hair. Oh, and it looks so bad. Uh, I will get uh, producer James to put up a picture of it it's bad, it's uneven, and he cut a lot of it off. It's still long, and yes, hair will grow back, but that right there, that's a nook if you book situation. Now, Chris, this is how it would've went. Let's say he sent me a text saying, hey, I wanna cut Lucas' hair, and I'm like, no. And Chris says, hey, well, I'm gonna do it anyway. Okay, if that's what you decide to do, that's fine, but, if that is what is done, you better drop him off. You better throw him out of your vehicle to drop him back off. Because don't stop. Because if you stop, it is on like fucking Donkey Kong, okay? Because I, can you even imagine the fit that I would fucking throw? I can't imagine if I did it. Like, no, I would have been like, I mean, you have no. fucking lost. I mean, there's been some times that James has either... I'm trying to think, it's not very often, but there's been like a few times that he's done something with Skylar that, and didn't ask me or something like that. And he's been around Skylar since she was like four. And I immediately go into that, well, that's my child. Like, no, you have to ask. But here's the thing, even if Skylar were biologically mine and James's, I'd be like, that's my child. <laughs> no, you're not going to do that. And I hate it because I hate when other women do this. I'm like, I am the mother. I'm the mother. That's all that matters. I'm the mother. I carried this child for nine and a half months. Almost died giving birth to her. I'm going to be, I'm going to tell her what to do for the rest of her life. No. So I think that is really fucked up with Chris Lopez. I think Chris needs to most definitely get himself some therapy. Um, I, he probably needs to see a psychiatrist so he can get some medication. He needs to grow the fuck up, get a job job, uh, consistently go to that job, pay child support, actually co-parent and be a mature fucking adult but until then you will continue continuously get the bitch please from the libra lounge keisha thank you guys for tuning in we will see you next week bye it's the libra lounge the libra lounge Ooh.